Father, we just come before you and we thank you. We praise you that we can stand before you in your presence. And Lord, we can make those declarations because we know that you're a God who we can trust, that we we do trust. And, and Lord, I praise you and I thank you that in the midst of all that is going on in our world, that Lord God, there's one constant. There's one rock that our foundation is built on. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, Lord God, we put our hope, our trust, our future in your hands. And we thank you that you're faithful to care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, uh, we made these changes and adjustments trying to give us more room for, for a connection with God. Because I, I think that that's our, our purpose in coming together in, in church like this is to is to make a connection with a living God. Man, that's the awesome thing about our God is He is a God who's alive. And thank God we're not serving a dead God. We're not pursuing a dead God. We're not, uh, we're not uh, hoping in a, in a dead God. We got a living God. You know, I, I think the contrast that we can, we can look at is one of the ones I, I love where Elijah was up on the mountain and, uh, and uh, he, he, all the prophets of Baal came and, and they were talking about their God. And, and, and basically Elijah just said, all right, let's just see who shows up. And you, you just, you just get your God. You call upon Him, and I'll call upon mine, and we'll see who shows up. And obviously, in that story, God uh, did show up in a big and mighty way, and He consumed the altar. He consumed it not just. He didn't consume dry wood. He's he he consumed wet wood. He consumed that the, that was soaked, and he he devoured everything in that. And so He showed up in a big way, and so. You know, I've been talking about vision, and I, I started that. I think it's uh, neat that uh, the what Dakota shared from uh, the book of Nehemiah. I'm not using those scriptures, but uh, Nehemiah was a great example of a vision of something that, that God put in his heart for him to do. And, you know, I've been challenging you with, with uh, looking at your goals and plans, but then also last Sunday challenging you with, with uh, let vision guide you. And this is part two of that. But, you know, uh, goals are, are, are those things that we decide, but something that comes from God, a, a vision from God or a dream from God or a, a plan, a purpose from God, all those things kind of different ways of saying that these things, but those, those can be the things that can motivate you and, and hold you in the midst of all of many uncertainties and, un, and, and shakable things. And, and you know, uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says that the, that the, the vision, that, that with a vision, without a vision, people perish. And, and so we want to we want to hold fast to that vision. I'm going to review just a little bit, but I don't want to I don't want to review too much because um, my challenge is not necessarily to have a okay right there. It says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The, the King James, I think the original King James says that, that without a, a, a vision, people perish. My people are perishing. So, so we want to hold fast uh, to, to the vision, the plan, the purpose that God has for us. And, and you know, uh, I, I taught a message, uh, I think it was on Tuesday night a few weeks ago, and, and I said, celebrate your victories. And I was challenging people to look at and remember the victories that we've had. And, you know, so many times we get consumed with, with what's going on around us. And it could be what's happened this last week. It could be just in our own personal life. You know, on the morning Bible study, I said, you know, it, it, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of challenging things across the world. But if your family member is about to, you know, is, is, and is struggling for their life, you're not as worried about all that stuff. It, it's right there. If you can't, you know, make your mortgage payment, and they're, they're about to 
shut off your electricity. That, that's, a, that's something that's, that's more pertinent than what's going on in the world. You've got to focus first on what's right there. Well, listen, we can't always control what's happening outside, but we can control what's happening on the inside. And that was one of the things that, you know, even in the example of Nehemiah, that, that he heard a word from God. God put something on the inside of him, and it looked impossible. That. And, and you know what? Even whenever he began with a bunch of people, there were, pe- there were those who, who said no. I think about this church, and I think about where we've come. And it's been interesting. I went back, and I found the, the vision statement or the vision meeting that I did in 2017 and, and how I, I shared and the things that I shared at that point. And, and I remember then I found the one from 2019 and, and how I was talking about the things that, that we needed to do, that we should do, that we should look at. And, and you know, we can, we can, we've put those things out before us and most of those things we've accomplished. Some of the things it took a while. Some of the things it was it was slow. We're working to get things and and where they're where they're smoother, where we can where we can get things done and, and accomplish God's vision, His plan, and His purpose. But in our personal life, I can always make sure and and work on how what is on the inside of me, what's motivating me, what's driving me. And so uh, that's what you need to do as well. Now I want you to remember the statement I made last year last last year. No, let's see. It was still in 2021. It was just last week. Okay. Uh, last week on January, I believe that would have been second. Last. Uh, so it says, uh, just please God in this vision. If it pleases God, it'll be pleasing to you. You know, that last song that we sang, it was pretty, pretty, uh, I, I had the, the thought that that might have been an uncomfortable song for some. You know, when you say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. That's okay. You know, that's not too bad. I mean, you know, the Spirit of God's not a bad thing. And then, but then when you start to say, melt me, mold me, shape me, huh? Fill me, yeah. And then use me. That's a progression. Melt me. Take, take out. What, what, what happens to gold when, when you get it really hot? All the impurities come out, and you end up with something that changes shape, but yet it's pure. Man, God melt in me anything that's not of you. That, that, if, if, we can, if we can make that as a, a vision for our 2021, God, make me the kind of man or the kind of woman you need me to be. That's what transformed my marriage when I was 20 years old or 19 and, and hard-headed. And my wife, was we, we couldn't get along. Is whenever I begin to pray, God, make me the kind of man she needs me to be. Not, not me, I want me to be, not what my people expect out of me, but what does she need me to be? And you know what? I didn't get lost in the midst of that. That set us up for a, a, an ability to weather a lot of storms together because all of a sudden, we didn't ever write it down, but it became our purpose because she began to do the same thing. It was follow, uh, we began to follow God together, to live by faith, to trust Him in all we did and all we faced. That became our purpose because the two of us were, were melted. When we're melted and molded by God, then we can be what the other needs. Now, now um, th- those are the types of things that can cause us to have a vision together to get through many things. We've, 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 if you've only known us for a year or two or for a little while, you just see the end result of 34 years of trusting God and living together in this vision and this purpose. But there are many, many adventures <laughs> and many uh, tumultuous times, in, not many, but some that were, that were very difficult in between and in that time. There were times where, you know, we didn't know where the next 
paycheck was coming from. There was times when we didn't know, uh, you know, if our if our daughter was good, one of our daughters that was sick was going to live or not. You know, we we didn't know where our next ministry position was. We didn't know. I mean, there's there there were times whenever you know. There, I don't want to go into all of it. We've had struggles just like many of you, but here's the thing that always held us fast was that we were going to trust God in the midst and live by faith in the midst of it all. Now, so when, when we set our vision, we want to make sure that we we're, we're, we're get that vision from God. But there's several things that, that are affected whenever we begin to follow that vision. Uh, let's, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm using the New King James today because... Um, I love the New King James. I've taught out of it for years until about two years ago I went to the NIV. But the reason I switched today was because our computer will not bring up the NIV. And so uh, that's all right, though. I got a lot of great notes out in this Bible, which I've preached out of for a long time. So, uh, but Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You know, as I begin to uh, to study about vision, one of the things that I, I think is vitally important, and I'm, I'm reading a book that a, a friend of mine gave me, uh, Dakota gave me. I, I had given him or, or told him about some books and things that I, I was reading, and one of the authors that I, I absolutely love is Mark Batterson. Uh, Mark Batterson pastors a church in um, in uh, D.C. Uh, he's got uh, uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. I've read that one. He's, he's got Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. He's got he's got uh, several really good books. And, and uh, Dakota got uh, another friend, gave him a book. And, uh, and it, it was chase the lion and it, and it's one that I'm reading right now. And it's, it's just one that's just inspirational. It challenges us to grow as individuals. And, and, uh, in that book, he makes this statement. He says, do you, do you have this image of God? Now, what image we're we talking about is this image right here. Do you see God able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think? See, here's the thing. Do we have that as an image? And, and he adds this. I love this. He says, is he bigger than your biggest problem? Your worst failure? Your greatest mistake? Is he the God who is able to do immeasurably more? See, I, I, whenever we look at this world and the things that we're in, I don't know where you're at on, on, on what you, how you feel about the things that are going on. But the, the, this past nine months, it, didn't, it wasn't just last Wednesday. It, it's been building and, and it's been, all these things have been happening. And we are at a, we're at a point where this nation is concerned that people are, are, are losing trust in our, our voting process. And that's not just the ones who lost this year. I was listening to some pastors, a pastor forum on this subject, and, and they were talking about this, and they said, back when George Bush won in 2000, some of you don't remember that, uh, you're too young, but uh, those of us that, were, that, that remember that, you had the hanging sheds, and you had Florida, and you had all these questions, did Al Gore win, or was it George Bush? Uh, and, and so during that time, or at that time, there was over, I think they, 68% of the population of the, of, of America didn't believe that George Bush actually won or were not certain. Now you fast forward to now and, and, and it, it may appear that this is the first time we've ever had a big question about a voting process. But see, that issue uh, begins to tear down and, and pull apart people, and, and we begin to f fight among ourselves if we're not careful. Well, that's happening, right? 
We, we begin to see all these things. But here's the one thing that I have to gain confidence in and remember. It's why I point you always back to the Word of God because i got to be reminded as well. Our God is an immeasurable God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly. I still say and I've still stood that the glory of God will be seen in, in the midst of all this. And the darker it gets... Sometimes the the brightness of day isn't seen till the darkest of dawns. Man, I tell you what, this morning, uh, because I because I bow hunt and and I'm up early. uh, Well, I'm up early all the time, but uh, but but when when I'm up to go hunting, there's times when it's easy to walk to my blind. It's easy to, to get in there. Why? Because the moon's bright. The stars, are, it's, the night's clear. It's even light during the dark. When the snow was on, did y'all look out in the morning when you got up, if you got up before daylight, when the snow was on and the moon was full, it was almost, it was almost it was like, man, my yard light's really doing good. Oh no, that's not my, that's God's light. But this morning, was anybody up before dark or before daylight this morning? It was dark. It was amazing. I have the windows on the back of our house. They open up towards the, the creek down below. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a pretty scene. And, 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 and I always, and sometimes I get to see the deer going by or the turkeys or whatever and the cattle and, and, and a horse or something. You know, I just, I just love that our squirrels are in nature. I did, but I love always, I'm, I'm always watching down in the tree line. I've got grass down to about hundred yards and then it's, you know, trees. And, and this time of year when the leaves are off, sometimes you'll see something moving through the trees. What is that? But see, when it's dark, we can't see that. Well, see, right now it may feel very, very dark, but I'm going to tell you what, there is a, the brightness of day is coming. And I don't know how God's glory is going to be seen. I'm not being prophetic here. All I just know is what God says in his word. And in the end, we win. In the end, God's glory will be seen and it will not be overcome by the darkness. Now, I don't know what we got to go through in between then, but that's where we need to have a vision for our lives that God, no matter how dark it gets, no matter what is imposed on us, no matter what is lost or what is gained, my trust and my hope and my faith is in you because I see you as a God who can do, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I ask or think. Now, my challenge to you is, are you thinking of anything? <laughs> my challenge to you is, 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 can I go before God and say, God, what do you show? What do you cause me? Uh, what do you, what do you, how do I see you? Or how do you help me to see you as I need to see you? We need to allow, allow God to give us a vision that propels us. So one of the things that when we spend that time with God and, and we allow God to, to give us the ability to see things is it will change our vision of what's before us. Let's, let's look at Numbers chapter 13. I went to Isaiah 43 last week, and, and this, this week I didn't know for sure. I was just going to go back through those, but I absolutely love the story of Joshua and Caleb dealing with, what, dealing with the uh, inspection of what God has promised. You see, when God promises us to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think, notice that last phrase, it says, according to the power that's working in us. See, the power of God that's working in us is in direct correlation to how much revelation of Him we have. See, when, when, when all you have is a limited knowledge of some person, you're going, to be, you're going to be hindered by the, the, the facts because you only have opinions or facts. You know, there's certain celebrities, not celebrities, but there's, uh, there's certain 
opinions that people form of, of people who are uh, out in front of, uh, and seen. You know, Billy Graham, Joel Osteen, um, trying to think of some other ones that are just, I mean, they're, na- they're out there. And, 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 and you know what's amazing to me is, is how people form decisions or, or opinions of, of those individuals when they don't really know them. You know, uh, um, there, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I just leave to God. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to form an opinion of somebody I don't personally know. I'm limited in those things. Well, there's certain people that have an opinion, and and I only picked those couple of names because probably um, anybody who's looking at any social media is aware of probably those two names. Uh, among others, there could be many, but those two people who who people just. I mean, you go down through, and they're just. Uh, support or not. I mean, it's like one way or the other. It's like uh, total opposites. And so, but there's also, here's the, here's the, here's the other thing is how many people have that same opinion of God and they're judging God, not because they know him, not because they've studied him, but only because of the actions or the opinions of people around him. They've reasoned in their mind. They've said, well, that person goes to church and they, and they cheated me or they go to church or they did something. And they, they form this opinion of God based on what they've seen out of people or a limited knowledge. See, the power for us or the ability for us to see God as an exceeding abundant God is we need to be able to, we need to have some knowledge of how he's worked from start to finish. That's why, the, that's why a good study Bible is so important. Uh, I think a good study Bible, that uh, Life Application Bible or the ESV Study Bible or this, this is a Spirit-Filled Life Bible, that, uh, it's New King James, but it's got commentary in there. It explains what's going on. It gives us a little deeper study, but we can see what's happening in the world and how God's interacting with mankind in the midst of it all. And so we can form an opinion of God, not based on what a few people say or what a few people do, but on who He really is. We can look at His character. One of the greatest things that we can do is we can just read the read how Jesus walked the earth. You know, it's amazing to me how many people throw at me at times, well, that, you know, or or throw in in a conversation about another individual or whatever. They they form an opinion of them and uh, comparing them to Jesus. That they'll 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 form an opinion based on on a limited knowledge when they don't study and don't research and don't actually look at it from a Christian perspective and from what what Bible scholars put together. But then also, you know, here's something that I I, I realize that makes such a difference is not just the educational knowledge, but the spiritual revelation and understanding because you 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 uh, have you are born again and the Spirit of God is living in you. You know, it's amazing how your perspective changes. And that's what vision does. Perspective. See, according to the power that works in us, in this, in this passage there in Ephesians, I told you to go to Numbers, but in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, right, the verses right before that talk about, in fact, let's go ahead and put uh, verse uh, 16 up there. And I'll just stay with what's on the board there. But uh, Ephesians three sixteen says that uh, that we'd be strengthened. It's his prayer. It's a, a prayer from the Apostle Paul. And he says that you, he may grant you or, or give you according to the riches of his glory, talking about God, to be strengthened with might through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit in our inner man. That's, that's the Apostle Paul's prayer. 
Keep going to verse 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Keep going. And he says that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Well, see, it, it takes us being strengthened by the Spirit of God, being born again, having the Spirit of God in us, but then being strengthened with His might, being beginning to understand the love of God and, and understand it and comprehend it to the point that we understand the width, length, depth, and height. Well, listen, we're going to be in pursuit of that at least until we get to heaven. I think we're going to be in pursuit of that for eternity because the width, length, depth, and height of the love of God goes beyond comprehension. But that's what our pursuit is. And the more I gain an understanding of that, that works to increase that power on the inside that enables me to see God as a God who does exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. And so there was a difference in the, the men that had been around God and the, and the men who hadn't. And a stark example is over here in Numbers chapter 13. Um, it says uh, in verse 2, it says, um, God speaking, He says, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving the children of Israel. From each tribe and their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So there were 12 tribes. They sent 12 men. Twelve men. And what's, what's happening here is they came out of Egypt. They'd been slaves. They got to the banks of the River Jordan. And God said, I'm giving you this land. I'm making this provision for you. Here's what I'm going to exceedingly abundantly bless you with. There was a land flowing with milk and honey. Y'all, most Christians have heard of that story, okay? So that's what ha is happening. Where, where, uh, and so they send them in and then jump ahead to verse 26. This is now they departed, talking about the land which they were spying out, back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel and the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Verse 27, Then they told him and said, talking to Moses, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people that dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the river Jordan. Basically, they were saying, man, this is a, exactly what God said, but there are people there, and they don't want to give it up. See, they, 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 they had the, 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 the promise of God. They, they had the plan of God. They had the will of God. They, they had been brought, just delivered through from Egypt, through the plagues. They, they had been brought to the Red Sea, and, and the, the Egyptian army realized what they'd done, and they came to take them back. There's a mountain on either side and a sea in front of them. And they said, what are we doing? Moses raises up his rod. You've heard the, heard the story, surely, of the Red Sea crossing, and God parts the sea and allows them all to go across, and that was awesome. But he, God didn't even stop there. Then he drowned the Egyptian army, consumed them in the Red Sea by collapsing it on them, and they were all taken out. So their problem, their, 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 their 
idea and their opinion of God is God's faithful to his word because when he came with Moses, he said, I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to take you to a land of milk and honey and I'm going to do it in a way that only God could do it. And that's the thing about a vision is it's so awesome when God gives it to you. It doesn't have to be able to be done easily. It just has to be from God because God can make it a way where there is no way. And, and, and here, uh, it, it, they, they, they gave that word, verse 28, he says, but, nevertheless, you know, that means but. He said, it's exactly like God said, but. We got a problem, folks. People say we can't have it. People say we're limited. You see, those are the types of things that they were limited to only their natural thinking. Where the things of this world are concerned, the things of this country are concerned, the things of, of, of our, there are so many uncertain things in this world right now. But the one thing that I'm holding fast to is I'm not saying, but this happened. I'm saying, but I serve God. But I have a God who provides. Because look at how Caleb re responds in verse 30. Then Caleb, he was one of the 12. Y'all, did y'all did grow up in Sunday school where you sang a little song? Twelve spy, twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. I'm not singing it on tune very good. I can sing better than that, but I, I'm not. I'm a little. So no, not everybody knew that. Patricia, did you not know that? Okay, we got to. Okay, you get with my wife. She was a good Methodist woman. She 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 grew up in a Methodist. They they did that in a Methodist church. By golly. <laughs> No, uh, there, there's this song, and, and it's about the, the 12 spies went in. Ten were bad, but two were good. Now, two, Caleb was one of them, Caleb and Joshua. See, at this time, now, now realize something. At this time, Moses was a, was a leader, but he had Caleb and Joshua as his assistants. Caleb and Joshua had a connection with God that the other ten didn't. I'm going to give the, the guys a little bit of credit. They didn't know God the way Joshua and Caleb knew God. But see, you know God better than some of those people who doubt. And if, you don't, if you're just getting acquainted with Him, dig in. Hang tough. Keep listening to the Word. Keep, keep pursuing Him. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. See, that's the first thing a vision does from God is it changes your perspective. Everybody's going to say, oh, damn, well, that won't work. I, I love in that book, Chasing the Lion, or Chase the Lion, uh, the Wright brothers were talked about. Right up until the time that the Wright brothers flew, it was absolutely impossible. And everybody agreed, man can't fly. We weren't born with wings. We weren't supposed to fly. And now what do we see? It's a daily occurrence. 300 miles an hour is nothing. You jump in a plane without thinking about it, most of us. Some of you might still not be one. But we jump in a plane not even thinking about it. I don't even consider, is this thing going to make it or not anymore? I remember the first few times I flew, I was like, oh, dear Jesus. <sighs> Forget where we were coming into. Maybe we were coming back from, from, uh, from anyway, we were coming back into the country the last time we were out of the country, and we were coming back in, and it was a, there was a hurricane down, down to the south, and so we were catching the outside edge of it. And I thought, whoo, this is going to be fun. It was a bumpy ride. You know, it was funny because when we got on that plane, we had an old, this, this old pilot, gray, white hair. He looked, he looked like he was probably in his uh, latter years of flying. 
And I started to make a remark like, well, I hope a guy can make it till we get to the, you know, till we get to the deal. He, he looked pretty old. And you know what? Whenever we were landing in that wind and in that place, I was thinking, thank God we got an old seasoned pilot. <laughs> thank God it wasn't, he wasn't no rookie. <laughs> I didn't want a rookie flying that plane at that time. But you know what? We, go, we, we trust that. But when the Wright brothers were making a decision to do what they did, and you know what? You know what? Something it didn't work the first time. Didn't work the second time. Didn't work the first year. I don't remember how many years it took them, how many trials it took. And the first time they flew, they only went like 12 seconds. But they did it. And aren't we glad? See, Caleb saw something different. He said, we're well able. Look at Abel. This, this word in the, in the Hebrew is yakol. I'm probably not saying exactly right, but it's, it means to be able. It means to have power, having the capacity to prevail, to prevail or succeed. He said, we got the capacity. That's the power working in him was the vision God had given him. And it was the ability for him to see God in a way the other 10 didn't or the 10 bad didn't. He, 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 he saw it differently. And that's what the, our, a vision from God will do. It changes our perspective on things. Verse 31 says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we. And I'm sure Caleb went, What's that got to do with anything? I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would have liked to have had the reference to David and Goliath at that time. That it just hadn't happened yet. I'm sure he would have, would have liked to. And in fact, I'm not so sure if, if this was written where David could have read it, where he could have said, but I remember Caleb. I don't think he did, but, you know, that'd be cool. See, isn't it neat? That's one of the reasons I want you to, to remember your victories from the past. And like I said that last that Tuesday night, if you don't have any, borrow one. If you don't have any recently, just borrow one. What did God do? Read Nehemiah. Read Joshua and Caleb. Read Paul. Read Peter. Read them and say, Lord, if you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. In the midst of anarchy, in the midst of disaster, in the midst of whatever, God can still make a way where there is no way. He goes on here in verse uh, 22 or 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in theirs. Now, you may have heard this story before, but man, if you hadn't, you need to really catch this, grab hold of this. I absolutely love this. Notice how they began to exaggerate. I think in today's vernacular, we'd say this, fake news. <laughs> because what did they, what did they do? They, they, they expanded on it. They said, oh man, this, it's inhabited. Now that's true. But it devours its inhabitants. So there were people there getting devoured? No, but they said that, that was the image. That was the picture. They had. But, and then they come through and they said, all the people are of great statue, stature. They were all like, they were all like Cody. 
and Peeper. They, 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 they were all like him. They weren't like me in Dakota. We're just like Wolverines. We're just like Wolverines. Just ferocious, yeah, ferocious. You know, you know, they, they were all these huge guys. Hey, they need some of us fast, quick, quick, short guys too. That's right. But you know what? They, they, they he, he, he painted this image. He painted this picture, and he said, he said, they're all from the. We, we saw the giants. See, he told half truth. Y'all heard a few half truths lately. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Joshua and Caleb weren't moved. They held fast to the things of God. And see, that's in the midst of all that we're in. Even at the point of it being impossible, even at the point of it seeming uh, 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 without hope, we got to hold fast to who our God is. Just always remember, in the midst of it all, we serve a God who is immeasurable and can do us exceedingly abundantly. We just have to be willing to continue to feed on His faithfulness. Verse, verse chapter fourteen, verse one. It says, "Oh no, wait. We got to go to first. We got to we got to deal with verse, uh, verse 30, thirty-three of chapter 13 first. He said, "Notice the image." He said, we were like grasshoppers. But notice the wording there. In our own sight. See, it's very telling. See, the image that they had, those ten, on the inside. Remember Caleb and Joshua were right there with him. But Caleb said, let's go now. He, he didn't consider how big those cities were. Walled city, Jericho, the first one they had to deal with when it got done in the wilderness when they came in, when Joshua let them in. First one they dealt with was, was Jericho. Jericho, they raced chariots around the top of it. It was so big, so, so thick of walls, in, impenetrable, unable to be overwhelmed, but except when God showed up, they didn't even have to fight. See, when they did it God's way. But, but here, he said they were grasshoppers. We're grasshoppers in a, our own sight, and so we were in their sight. It's all perspective. When we begin to see God as that exceedingly abundant God, if we see God as that God who's bigger than our biggest problem, He's, he's bigger than our biggest problem, our worst failure, our greatest mistake. See, what is it that would hold us back? A problem? A failure? A mistake? Man, that's the wonderful thing about God. You could have been a major mess up, but yet you come to God and you repent of those things. And, 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 and that, that was the cool thing about one of the parts of this, of this book. He, he says, he says, uh, we should all repent of sin, but we also ought to repent of small, small dreams when we're tapped into a big God. You know, again, I always caution people because I'm a, I'm a pastor. You know, the traveling evangelist, he just hits you and runs, and so he doesn't have to deal with the fallout. So he'll say all kinds of crazy things sometimes, which is good. I mean, there's a place for that. But as a pastor where I'm going to have to deal with, may, may have to deal with some of this later, I always caution people. doesn't mean you just go crazy. doesn't mean you just, you know, fly off, you know, and, and go do something. But I, I can honestly tell you that if we pursue God in prayer and, and, and set our hearts before Him, that he'll begin to put the dreams, goals, things in, in, our, in, our, in our hearts that can propel us into places that we never thought possible. Now, 
that that uh, influence from the being with God and connected with God changes our perspective. We got to fix our eyes on Him. Chapter uh, well, we might as well keep going with this. Fourteen one. He says, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, let's go with Caleb and Joshua. No, that's not what they said. The people wept that night because they took that bad report. Now listen, what's going on in our country is unsettling. What's going on in our country is, is, is disturbing. What's going on, I don't, I don't think anybody condone and, or is, ex- well, not anybody, but most, most people, uh, they, that, that's, we didn't want to go there. But we understand all this has been building. There's all different sides. There's all different solutions. There's all different things. But we keep our eyes on God, keep our perspective on Him, put our hope and our trust and our focus on Him because it says they they wailed and they cried. They wept all night, verse 2. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? that our wives and our children become victims. Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. And it goes on, Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly and congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh uh, who were among those who spied out the land tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into the land and give us the land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed. It'll change these things. And Caleb and Joshua were bold enough, even in the midst of being stoned by those that were against them, they stayed with what God said. And they continued to speak in line with that. And it changed their actions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, take a quote from Mark Batterson's book, Chase the Lion, to close his services. In the beginning, God had a dream called creation. And on the sixth day, he created dreamers. See, God created you and I. with the ability to dream. He says that ability to imagine is unique to his image bearers. What are we we created in his image? Genesis one twenty eight. That we're created in his image and in his likeness. God, God put in you the ability to dream, the ability to imagine, the ability to see things as he sees them. See, in the midst of all that's out there that's questionable, always come back to God, no matter what, I'm I'm with you and you're with me. No matter what, we get through this. Begin to imagine. Imagination is God's gift to you. A dream is your gift back to God. See, allow, allow God to put a vision in your heart. Allow God to prepare your heart. Get a vision from Him so big that only He could bring it to pass. Well, you know what? Uh, like I said last week, and like I've been challenging, you, get a, get a dream, get a goal. You know, uh, when I look at this church and and the things that that uh, that I was looking as I was looking back, the things that I saw that needed to be transformed or needed to change in order for us to grow, uh, we we've managed those things. There's still more things that I want to see. What has God done? 
You know, what's, what's amazing is that every, I think you, you said it when, uh, when using the illustration of Nehemiah, uh, every time he went, when he said something, it, it just showed up. That's the way it's been with the trustees could, could, uh, and I think you use the words, um, the gift that you or the tithe that you give will be uh, from God at the right time. It was the timing thing. Now, Dakota doesn't know all this stuff, so he, we didn't confer on this before. But it's a, isn't it amazing how every time we've got a bid for something, we've decided we were going to do something, we needed to do something, the money showed up. One Sunday, in fact, we were having a board meeting about the bid for the electrical that, that we needed to upgrade to begin to be able to do these lights and things. This was almost a year, almost two years ago, maybe. And, and, and we got the bid back and the bid was $9,000. At that time, we were barely running in the, in the black. I mean, we may have still been kind of in the red a little bit where, where our budget was concerned. But when, when we, uh, we were in that meeting and, uh, uh, Tammy had counted the offering and they, she came in, she poked her head in there. She said, oh, by the way, we had a $9,000 offering today. Now, remember, the bid was $9,000. And at the time, it wasn't like we couldn't have pulled money out of savings. But at the time, what I was trying to teach her and encourage our guys was is that we trust God. Now, isn't it, isn't it amazing that God demonstrates those types of things? When we look at vision, what do, what do we need different? What do we need to do with the sign? You know, we were blessed to get the sign in the first place. Then when the sign wasn't working, we went back and we decided we we're going to do the sign and, and we got the bid and bam, God provides. And, and so um, th those types of things just continue, continue to happen. We, 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 we purpose to, to grow an area of ministry like children's ministry and bam, just kids start coming on. We're talking about uh, Ed, and, Ed and Heidi showing up and then Megan in the troop, 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 traps. <laughs> Traps, yes, I got it. Then the traps, I always say their name wrong. And, uh, and then it was just like, bam, 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 all families with little kids, all the same age. And then now we, we purpose in our hearts to begin to do youth ministry. And bam, what do we have? Another, we got a cool family that's lived five miles from here that just now finally getting around to coming to, you know. Patience is a virtue. But, but I mean, honestly, Two years ago, we weren't ready to minister to this age group as well. Now, now see, the, the next thing, we begin to transition in praise and worship and, and, and adding a few things. God will supply exactly what we need. There, there's vision. There's, there's things out before us. You know, and it's not, all, it's not all financial stuff. Do you know some of the hardest things to do where growing church is concerned is to have people to, to, that can, can be released into, into responsibilities and take things? Because I can't do it all. In fact, I, I, that's 21 is, is more about me getting things shoved off my plate so that I can focus on the Word. So I can focus on the vision. So I can focus on, on, on the things that God has had in me for years and years and years. I mean, there's, uh, there's things that I ain't even talked to hardly any of y'all, you all about, but, but, but that God has begun setting a foundation for in 2020 and, and now going into 21. Yeah, if, if, if you, you just you just hide and watch and, and begin to pray and begin to seek God for where's my part? How am I fitting in all this? 
if you're new, if, you, if you've been here even, what's my part? Let's, let's just close in prayer. Father, we just come before you today. and Lord, we thank you that we've been stirred by you, I believe. Those that are watching online as well as those that are right here, that, that Lord God, we want to be challenged to, to just see you in a way that, that is that exceeding abundant above God. Lord, for those that are struggling, those that are just, just scraping by, those that are in fear, those that are, that are, that are uncertain, Father, I pray that they would have a, a, a time of, of a connection with you and a growth in that relationship that they can see you as a, as a God who cares, as, as a God who provides, and as a God who will do more than enough in their life. Lord, we're not in pursuit of, of, of wealth and ease. We're in pursuit of more than enough so that we can fulfill the vision, the plan, the purpose of God. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't want to be a people who are limited. We want to be a people who are, who are excellent. And in that excellence, that, that Lord, we can, we, can, we can be pleasing to you, fulfilling the call and the duty and the purpose that you have for us. Father, I pray that you just comfort those that are in, in, in struggles and difficulties. That, Lord God, they realize and understand and connect with and receive the, the Spirit of God, the power of the Spirit of God on the inside of them like Paul prayed that they'd be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man, that they'd be able to overcome whatever it is. And Father, for those who, who are in a place of fear or, or worry, that they'll know that they can put their trust in you and that God, regardless of, of, of a temporary challenge or, or great opposition, that Lord, you're there with them. And because of that, we can take it at once. Like Caleb said, let's get it, let's take it because it's, it's, it's God-given. Now, Father, if there's anybody who's not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that's what separates them from, from the best place they could be. And God, I pray that, that in their heart of hearts that they'd know that you love them enough to send your son to die, to provide the forgiveness of that sin, the price being paid as a free gift. And all they have to do is receive it. If you're listening to me right now and you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord, you say, you know what? I'm ready to submit my life to Him, to receive forgiveness. You just simply say, Lord Jesus and Father God, I pray for forgiveness of my sin. And I invite Jesus to be my Lord. And I ask, Lord God, that you would forgive me and create in me a clean heart. Make me new. Make me the person that you need me to be. And I confess you now as Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. Father God, I pray that those people who pray that prayer for the first time or, or maybe just with today as being a, a, a day of certainty, that Lord God, that they'll know that they're saved and they'll contact us so that we can encourage them and disciple them and help them walk on with you. Father God, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You know, one of the things we're working on to improve is our, our ability, and I know I've gone a little longer than normal, but is our ability to connect with those people out there. You, do you know that we have people from all over the country, all over the state, uh, sometimes around the world that, that watch these services and, and, and we have an opportunity, that's part of our blessing. And so uh, we want them to be able to connect with us through email or, or Facebook or whatever, uh, and make contact so that we can encourage them. And if you need anything, uh, we, we always are available to, for prayer. And, uh, and so if you would like prayer, there'll be some people up here. We can pray with you after the service as well. So 